da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Brian, what are we talking about tonight? Tonight, dear Kent, dear Richard, we'll be talking about Leonardo DiCaprio's The Revenant. Is there another movie called The Revenant? Is that not like a, <laughs> uh, like an Uwe Boll movie? <laughs> Sounds like a video game. Oh gosh, there is another. Look at are y'all on? Your, look it up. Look it up. There's a The oh, Revenant. Oh, it is two eight two thousand nine. Yep. And it stars Chris Wilde, who is in what commercial was he in from the early aughts? He was a big like Taco Bell, maybe. What's the girl from Terminator Three? Christiana Loken. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one. I'm I can't believe you don't know that from know. her oh, Boy Meets World run. I know. Look, look. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm thinking of Blood Rain. I don't know. Right. Okay. Well. Well, we started on the UA Bowl <laughs> tangent already, so we're gonna. It's gonna be a good night, I think. I don't know if this was on your most most anticipated list um, earlier this year, but I know we've talked about it. I think uh, I, times. if memory serves, I think I left it out because at the time that I wrote it, there wasn't a trailer, and that's my rule: is there has to be a trailer. Really? Before. Yeah, because I've gotten burned too many times in the past. Yeah, I got burned on the. Monuments Men without the trailer. Yeah, same. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, who's in that? Oh, what's it about? Okay. Yeah. I'll pencil it's it in. It's got to be good. Well, hmm. Yeah, hmm. Whoa, whoa. tough times. This one was tough times for a number of uh, reasons yeah. uh, to shoot it, mainly. We talked Lubezki last year and Inuri 2 when we talked Birdman, which was one of my favorites of the year. It made one of our top of the year, I believe, last yeah. year. It was my number two movie of the year. I it was my number two as well, I think. Uh, Bert Boyhood was number one for me. Yeah, but for Richard, maybe it was number one for you. I remember you were super high on Keaton for like yes. six months after that movie, so I'm pretty sure you voted Birdman number one just because of the hype of that movie at the time and all that. Agreed. Me if that, I'm wrong. That, that does sound like me. But that was a good discussion nonetheless, which you can go back and listen to. But this one has been anticipated since that day, yeah. and it's still anticipated, at least this conversation is, for me. I can't wait to talk about this one. Uh, going to be a big player uh, come the big awards later this week that are going to be announced, and we will be talking about those later this week, so check back. That's what we call a tease. As far as the small awards go, uh, the Golden Globes were this past weekend. It's your y'all's favorite award show, if I'm not mistaken there. Yeah, it yes. usually is for me. I I'll be honest, I, I didn't watch. I, I recorded and I kind of flipped through, but I didn't watch like I, I have the last few years. Reason being, make it your piece. Yeah, that, is, that, didn't, that didn't help. I mean, <laughs> really it was, I'm, I was working and I feel like it was really early this year. I don't know if that's factual yeah. or not, but um, I, I am write, trying to write like four blogs this week for our, our illustrious madaboutmoviespodcast.com and... So I was busy working on that and doing real work and things like that. But yes, if Tina and Amy had been hosting, I probably would have been a little more. You were busy late. working on something for the podcast, so you couldn't yes. work on something for the podcast. Exactly. I understand. Exactly. I do that all the time. It ends up happening that way. Yeah. So you didn't watch it all, but you did see the the winners. I watched the monologue and was 
thoroughly un- I don't know just I really didn't care for it I didn't laugh I didn't think it was funny it seemed I'm tired even I just feel like even if you really like Ricky Gervais which I'm on the record as I don't I don't and I don't get it but fine I understand that people do like aren't you tired of this bit even if you're a Gervais fan like it, it's just it's so exhausting to me just the whole I don't want to be here and I hate everybody here and now I'm just going to be really mean and snarky and I don't know it just doesn't do anything for me so the monologue i felt like the monologue was really bad and flat and so i kind of checked out and came back later and just watched highlights gotcha richard did you catch it yeah same thing uh for me i'm I'm historically higher on gervais than you brian but i uh i I am in your latter group i'm kind of sick of the bit it did seem early to me i love the golden globes as a show because i think a people are drinking which is always a good thing and b uh at award shows and uh, not in like vehicles and things like that. And then uh, B, they have a separate uh, section for com- they they tend to honor comedy better uh, mm-hmm. because they have a yeah. category for it. They split the drama and comedy. However, this year we can talk about that in a moment. But you know what? This year their their nominations were so weird. Yeah, uh-huh. and it just seems so. Um, you know, it's it's a very small circle of foreign press that live in LA that vote on this thing. And it just seemed like they wanted to hang out with certain people and have yeah. the show. It's normally a very fun show to watch, and I put zero value on who wins. Uh, but this year, I just didn't care about it at all. And then it also, yeah, it's not. It was one of those things where, oh, the Golden Globes are on right now. When I flip through Twitter, eh, I've missed the first <laughs> right. seven minutes. Eh, I've lived this long. I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it's uh, it's probably the first Golden Globes I've missed in. Pro- I'm 29 years old. In probably almost twenty years <laughs> that I missed, that I missed this year, and I don't yeah. regret it. And I host a movie podcast, right. so that tells you the kind of relevance. Uh, yeah, I, I'll plug it later. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I, I probably had the least amount, just because. Yeah, like I said, the nominations were bizarre to me. Yeah, um, it was all over the map. Can we year. talk about um, the laugh riot of the of the Martian, the funniest film? <laughs> I it is pretty funny. I will. I did rewatch it this past week. It is funny. It's, it's, it is funny. Is it a comedy? It, it, it's. There have been films nominated in the past that were way more unfunny than The Martian that have been <laughs> like in that a, category. Like, a one. like Spy, got him. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No, okay, I mean, Spy it, was fine. I wasn't offended by that, by it being classified as comedy. I mean, you could say the same if it was classified as drama and be like, well, it's not really dramatic. It's kind of funny. Um, I don't know. I think that it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a drama that has jokes in it. I don't yeah. think it's a comedy that has drama in it. If that's, if that makes, I don't know. Almost I, the first I think half was, of the, the movie is comedic. Yeah, there's, I mean, a, I mean, there's a totally, but so, I mean, like Steve, we, I laughed a ton at Steve Jobs. Is that yeah, a comedy? Exactly. I mean, that's, I, I don't know. I just, I, it felt to me like, I don't know. That's a, that's a stretch. It, I guess more than anything, it kind of speaks to the haphazardness of this entire ceremony when it's just like, eh, we'll just stick this in the comedy category. It's fine. Like, no one will, whatever. Is it's it okay. more because they couldn't think of five comedies to nominate rather than that's they wanted gotta to be it, part that, of it. That's got to be part of it. Because I don't know that I would qualify the big short as I a wouldn't comedy. Either, joy, how I wouldn't qualify Joy as a comedy, yeah, really. It's, it's pretty much just. Joy is more of a drama than The Martian yeah. is, in my opinion. It's yeah. not so much the nomination, but then you, when someone makes a great comedy like Trainwreck, they don't get to win. And that's yeah. like, this is the one award they get to win, yeah. the Golden Globes that has the comedy. Nom- you know, The Martian's going to get nominated for other stuff. Right. And then yeah. you throw it in comedy, it just kind of screws over 
Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just bizarre to me. They, I forgot they labeled Birdman as a comedy last year. Exactly. So. <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious film about possible suicide. <laughs> not totally sure, but maybe. It's pretty funny parts in Birdman. <laughs> I'm not going to say there was I agree. I mean, I mean, no, totally. I'm, I'm not saying. As opposed to like Mad Max parts, or just... Room or Spotlight where there's zero funny. I mean, I agree, that's, where, that's I the curve think, you're, you're I don't working think... with just because something has a couple laughs in it, that makes it a comedy immediately. Right, right. I think there's a difference between a funny movie and a comedy. I don't think The Martian is a comedy whatsoever. Her got labeled a comedy in 2000. That's ridiculous. That's absurd. No. Yeah, I don't, and I that's don't my know. favorite movie of the last 10 years. And that's I think ridiculous. a good 40% of Birdman is comedic. The whole him going, I, going out in, in his underwear through Times Square and parading around his daughter yelling at him for not having Twitter. And I mean, there's a lot of... And I guess I didn't think that when he gets when he gets aroused and under in the live play and all that and I, mean, I just didn't think I didn't of, think the underwear thing was for laughs as much as it was just for like mental breakdown. I thought it was for a, a funny situation. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's I mean it's semantics. It's it's really not that big, but it's just funny that they have gone out of their way to squeeze in these movies and some I don't know. My week with Marilyn was a comedy in 2012. Y'all remember how funny that one was? That was hilarious, hilarious film. It doesn't bother me at all. I, I'm, it's just a weird. It just thing. bothers me because comedies are very underrepresented in award shows, and right. this is supposed to be well, the award show. I think it's what I said earlier. There's literally not five that are good enough to nominate. So you've that's gotta, fine. But if there's one one that is good enough to win and it doesn't get to win because right. of a movie yeah. that isn't a comedy wins, then that's ridiculous. Right. I think you're talking about Entourage, right? Just yeah, exactly. criminally underrepresented at all award shows this year. Hot Tub Time I, Machine Two, maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was. That was nominated for quite a bit of the technical awards. <laughs> right, yeah. Just How did they even get those, those costumes? Wow. Yeah. Just an excuse to shut out Chappie. I mean, <laughs> pretty funny movie. Chappie wins for introducing Brian to Diane Wood. Yeah, yeah. No clue who that was, but now I do. So my well, life is better. Infinitely worse, yeah. I can't imagine somebody not knowing who they were and seeing that movie and just being like, what is even <laughs> happening, happening to my life? Yeah. Well, right that's now. what I was, it would, that's, that was my life. That was what was happening. Um, yeah, so I cannot wait South to Africa. Talk. That's an exciting cameo. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. Ooh. Right. Wow. I can't wait to talk best and worst next week, guys. This is, this is my favorite movie year of all time. I'm really, a, I'm very excited to talk about it with you guys because we have so many great movies, but I'm looking at my list right now and boy, there are some bad ones too. So it'll be fun. Another hour on star Wars or yeah, or eight. Maybe. Right. So yeah. let's quickly go through these um, winners of the golden globes real quick. Okay. So the Cecil B. DeMille lifetime achievement award was Denzel Washington. I was Who's still speaking. Was yeah. Good. Yeah. That was a good moment. Yeah, um, brought his whole the family. Hank, the Hanks tribute beforehand was one of the better moments. Yes, it was. It was a good moment. Very cool. So, Christian Slater won for best performance by an actor in a supporting role in a limited series or a made-for-TV that, movie. That's next on my list, Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. I'm gonna binge Mr. Robot after I finish. It's a good show. I can. Man in the High up. Castle. I'm doing that right now. So. I think it was a we could recommend a mine at some point in the past, but maybe not. Uh, Maura Tierney won for The Affair, which I've heard great things about. Terrible show. Should not be on the air. Awful. Shouldn't get any awards. Terrible. Awful. You've seen it? Yeah, I've watched a couple episodes. It's the worst. I don't understand. I don't I don't get it at all. Best performance by an actor in a TV series, musical, or comedy went to Gail Garcia Bernal in Mozart in the Jungle, which I don't even know what that is. 
Yeah, no one did. And Aziz um, did a funny bit with the holding a book up. <laughs> yes, with every tambour. Yes. That was good. <laughs> that was awesome. Rob Lowe was nominated as well as Patrick Stewart. So good, good uh, category there. Mm-hmm. I've heard of both of those gentlemen. <laughs> Best performance by an actress in a TV was Rachel Bloom for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which I have not seen. Also a terrible show. Don't and understand. JLD, shut out. What the heck? She got shut out. So did Gina Rodriguez. Gina Rodriguez is awesome on Jane the Virgin. That that was a very odd choice. This is the thing that make. This is why people don't respect the Golden Globes is because it every year they do something so weird like that. Like give a ma- a major award to somebody that literally no one has ever paid any attention to. It's a weird thing that they do. It's like their bit. Like, where can we screw with people's minds? All right, here we go. The guy from Mozart in the Jungle and the girl from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So spe- speaking of people who did not deserve an award that they got, John Hamm won for Mad Men you final shut, season. Sh- shut your mouth. Best performance by an actor. In a- come over there and fight you right now. <laughs> <laughs> he won against uh, Odenkirk and yeah. Rami Malek from Mr. Robot, which were yeah. the favorites in that category, I believe. That's always the uh, – that one I saw live and they announced, you know, I, I haven't paid any attention to the nomination. So they were going through the list and it was like, leave Schreiber. Oh, yeah, I like that guy. And then this Wagner Mora. Okay, cool. Rami Mount. Yes. And then Odenkirk. Oh, yeah, Odenkirk. By far. Better Carl Saul is the best. I love it. He's awesome. And then John Hamm. Oh, no. Hold on. John Hamm's got to win. That's <laughs> – sorry. Odenkirk can have the next five. But uh, this one's this one's Hamm's. Uh, Taraji Henson for Empire. One for TV series drama actress. Thank God, because it would have probably been Robin Wright, if not her, and we don't need her winning any awards. Oscar Isaac won for Show Me yeah. a Hero. Well, that's a stat category. Mark Rylance, David Oyelowo, Idris Elba, Patrick Wilson, and him, and he won. Yeah, strong. Strong, very strong. Wait, this is a confusing one. Lady Gaga winning for American Horror Story. Yeah. Uh, I think Fargo fans will say Kirsten Dunst deserved that award. She was, no question. She was great. This yeah. year, and I'm not a very big Kirsten Dunst Same. fan, and she was Same. fantastic. Yeah, and uh, so we move on to best TV series was Mozart in the Jungle. Don't know what that is again, but it won best TV <laughs> it's, series. It's literally it's weird. It's just Commando, a remake, and then instead of <laughs> it's just Mozart. It's bizarre but oddly captivating. He. Th- he throws a piano around instead of a large <laughs> knife. It's really cool. Wow. Same catchphrase, though. <laughs> Best drama was Mr. Robot. Being I'm surprised Thrones, on that. That didn't, yeah, that it, that it beat out Game of Thrones. And That's Narcos. Crazy. Yeah. Best original song went to that awful Sam Smith song. <laughs> oh, I know what Mozart of the Jungle Boo. is. It's the yeah. Jason Schwartzman show. Yeah. Yeah. I remember this now. It's an Amazon. I literally had never heard of it until this week when I was watching. I started binging Man in the High Castle, and so you see ads for it before before these episodes started. And I was just like, "What? I don't understand what's happening." And then it won some awards. So, how did that Sam Smith song win? It's terrible. Awards? It's, it's awful. Terrible. I think, I think "See You Again" should have won. Gosh, from Furious. Yeah. That was Ugh, man. That was a good song. Awful. Best awful. original score went to Hateful Eight. Best motion picture foreign language went to Hungary, Son of Saul. Heard that's great. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. Best motion picture animated, Inside Out. Definitely. Best motion picture screenplay, Aaron Sorkin for Steve Jobs. It's interesting they do one category there. It's kind Mm -hmm. of not adapted or original. It's just kind of one. 
So therefore, Tarantino did not win, and I'm sure he was happy about that. But if you're going to lose to someone, Aaron Sorkin is kind of the guy to do it, I guess. He, he did get to get up and give a speech for, for Morricone. That was good. Yeah, and that was that was uh, okay. direct director was Enrico. Yep. Supporting actor Sylvester Stallone. Sly baby. That's crazy that he freaking won. Oh, it's so great. It's so great. Let's give him that Oscar. Come on. Okay, Winslet won for Steve Jobs. Matt Damon won for The Martian. Jennifer Lawrence won for Joy. And The Revenant won for Best Picture mm. and Best Actor for Leo. Brie Larson won for Room. And, of course, The Martian won for Best Motion Picture Comedy. No surprises, really, I guess. Other than Trainwreck should have won comedy, probably. Right. Maybe Amy Schumer should have won Actress for Comedy. I think, I think that would have been was, fair. You know, Jennifer Lawrence said she thought Amy was going to win, and there was yeah. a, kind of a moment there where you kind of felt like it was mm-hmm. her moment, you know, Amy's moment, but it didn't. Yeah, I think that would have been fair. I think, however, that Jennifer Lopez, or excuse me, Jennifer Lopez, Jennifer Lawrence, <laughs> J Lo, right? Yeah, I always same, totally the same thing. Um, Jennifer Lawrence will win a Golden Globe every year that she puts out a movie for the rest of her life. Like they love her so. I mean, we, I love her. She's great. She's the best, but. Um, I don't think she will ever. She may be like a forty-seven-time Golden Globe recipient. Obviously, you didn't see Maggie Smith's performance in *The Lady <laughs> in the Van* because I was ruffling on the floor laughing. <laughs> My favorite thing about Maggie Smith and these award shows: she gets nominated constantly, and she never shows up. She's just like, why? Why would I possibly go to that? And I love it. Should we move on then? We we need to talk casting news, Kinto. Okay. So we've got a short list for the Han Solo movie. Uh huh. It's not great, guys. I'm a little nervous. Can I, can I be honest? Is this a safe place? Um, it's, you're amongst friends. Okay. okay, so run it by me, and I'll give you my first impressions slash okay. humorous comments. One, two, three, four, two. five, six, seven, eight names, I believe. Oh, jeez. Right. Um, Go easy on well, me. Let's start with the Have ones you that seen these can't. No. Okay. Jeez, oh, excited. I, mm. <laughs> so are excited. Mm. Mm. These are these are like borderline confirmed too. Like, yeah. It's not, yeah. It, this is so this is who's in the running. Of, they're doing of these they're people, doing screen tests sure. with these people. Unless they these. pull an audible, this is this is who we've got. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go from the ones you probably haven't heard of. Okay, Blake Jenner. I don't really. He's in the. He's in the uh, daughter daughter of Bruce Jenner. <laughs> he's in. He's in Glee, so you know he's good. But he's in the. Um, <laughs> I have that T-shirt. Hey, <laughs> yeah, he's in the Link Lauder movie that comes out later this year. Oh, okay. Um, so maybe we'll get something out of that. We'll, we'll, Everybody wants some. That's what it's called. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, we'll see about that. Maybe. Okay. All right. Emery Cohen is the guy from. Is it the third uh, Joel, Ethan, and Emery Cohen? Yes. Is it the... Yes. Yes. He's the guy who directed Garfield. He's the. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so he's in Brooklyn. He's the the oh, Italian yeah. guy from yeah. Brooklyn. He's okay, I guess. Han but... Solo, him is. I know. I know. What? I know. It, Look, dude, just stop. It's just, it's just, it's just like, down. It's just like it's okay, down. he has he has a face. Okay, so he's in the running. <laughs> yeah, it gets worse. Um, yeah, you do also has a face, Han Solo. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> perfect too. Perfect. Uh, Jack Rayner, who okay. is in now? He I was uh, unbroken, right? No, that's Jack O'Connell. Jack O'Connell. I, I would be okay with that guy. I think he's pretty. He's in Transformers. Yeah, so. he's oh, like no. worse. He's oh, like Chris he's... Pratt. White. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Rayner is. So that's not great. Okay. Um, our next choice is Scott Eastwood. 
of Clint Eastwood fame. Okay. <laughs> and Taylor Swift video fame. Yeah, there you go. I That oddly I, kind of fits it. Yeah. Yeah. I He's got the look. I don't know if he has the charisma if that makes sense but i to be honest i've very i've seen very little of him in a movie so it's kind of and, a similar he's on a similar place in his career that harrison ford was yes. when he made star i mean if i had like, to choose from this list i think he might be who i would go with because oh, it doesn't well get i better. don't want to hear the rest um, of the list then well then you know but <laughs> careful if they don't cast him dad's gonna come in and <laughs> yeah. scream at the chair right of, the chair uh, can play chewbacca <laughs> um so our next choice is Logan Lerman from Fur- from uh, Fury and the Noah movie. Okay, he's really he's young. okay. Yeah, he's he, young. He, he looks he. Yeah, I don't know if I he think, looks the part. He's a talent. I, he's I liked him in Fury. We're in the remember. same boat. I think he's I think he's a very talented actor. I don't know that he fits the mold that what we're mm-hmm. looking for. I think the same goes for this guy, Dave Franco. Can you I see, can see Logan Lerman as a Luke Skywalker? Maybe same young same. Luke Skywalker. I don't. I don't know yeah, about I, Han. I don't know. I don't know that he has the same the, the stage presence to be right. Han Solo. I think Dave Franco is the same way. I, I actually, I mean, I like Dave Franco much more than his brother, to be honest. But he seems small to me. Like he seems, he always seems to me like he's four foot ten, and he's just kind of squirrely, not uh, a commanding presence. On I don't know. Dave Franco is an interesting. That's an interesting nominee or an interesting one that I wouldn't have thought of. I mean, yeah. but kind of has kind of could play that co- comedically at least, I think. He I don't know about up. an action movie. I don't know. We haven't seen seen him in science fiction really or anything, but Right. Other right. than uh, now you see me, but yeah, I was going to say it opens up the crossover. <laughs> right. So we have that. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo is uh is general well, commander. We're classifying now you see me as science fiction now. <laughs> It's just great size. Well, I mean, it just fits yeah. into all genres, to yeah. be honest. I it's just a classic. It's just a film, you know? It's uh, just a football player. So uh, last two. Last two. Okay. Ansel Elgort of uh Fault in Our Stars fame. Okay. Don't haven't seen that. I've seen other Brian people. wants to fight this guy. Brian hates this guy. I do. I hate this guy. Look, I <laughs> I've heard other humans who follow movies say that this guy is a good actor, and I just, boy, I don't know. I don't know how we get to that point because he's also in the Divergent movies, and I think he's pretty bad in those too. So he's really obnoxious on red carpets. I've found, yeah, he's he's he really thinks he's good. Okay, like he's he's <laughs> he's very proud of himself. I would think, but not nearly nearly as proud of himself. I would say as our our number one. Our front runner to take the spot to play, I would say perhaps the greatest character in American film history, uh, Han Solo. Are you ready? We could be looking at Miles Teller as Han Solo. <laughs> you mean Mr. Fantastic? <laughs> yes, yes, no, because that worked out so well. We should definitely give him the keys to another huge problem. You know, like. It's similar, like Harrison Ford was, you know, as much Han Solo or Indiana Jones as he was Harrison Ford. You know, that's the same with Miles Teller. He's as much exactly Mr. Fantastic handle- and his Harrison character from Ford the Divergent do- series <laughs> as he is any of any, you know, of I mean, himself. That makes me nervous, guys. That makes me really nervous and not look. I, I think this is in the right hands because Lucasfilm slash Disney has shown that they know how to cast and. That they're smart in the way that they do things, and and, and Lord and Miller are great directors. I think they're going to do really good stuff with this. It is, but it will start off on the wrong foot if we have 
a terrible Han Solo. <laughs> Can I put throw myself into the ring? Like I, I know, feel like I'm better at like, Han than any of those guys are. Is, like no joke. This, are these the only humans that were yeah. available for this? It, they're, I think part of the problem is they are the age range that they're trying to go with because you are eliminating guys like uh, Gosling or Pratt or Zachary Levi, or you know, Channing guys Tatum. who yeah. Channing Tatum who are who are thirty plus. Mm-hmm. But you're also kind of eliminating if you wanted to go real young and and step into like, yeah, I don't know, that, like that that's which is dangerous. dangerous. I'm not a yeah. fan of that. Like I, I just I kind of saw that with with uh, the prequel trilogy. Yes, the, the uh, Pat Oswalt bit of, yes. hey, you know Darth Vader? Um, when I get to see him <laughs> as a little kid, you know exactly. that whole exactly. Yes, you can't go, you can't go that far. But that's a really rough list. I'm not, I'm not really enthused about anybody. So who are who's somebody that was left off that you could have wanted in there? The cup. Besides <laughs> the cup, I, I had the cup for Chewie and Miles Teller for Han. I would have yes. been interested because I mean they've established chemistry. Yeah, no, you're they right. Have a great chemistry. You can't, it can't be denied. It was. There. Palpable. They work really well together. Um, and I hear guys. Snubs? I hear guys. Friends on, on off the set too, which you always like to hear. Yes. Yeah. I bet they're... James Franco's like, what the heck? You know, <laughs> he's like, I want to be on solo. Yeah. Uh, not... uh, you mentioned O'Connell from from Unbroken. I think he would have been an interesting choice. Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. Yes, Jerry Jack, O'Connell. Jack O'Connell. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think what's his name? Taron Egerton from Kingsman. Yes. I, I like not. him a lot, but I wonder if he is even remotely capable of doing an American accent because that yeah. the Kingsman thing is so thick. I that's the I think that may be part of your problem is that uh you may be they may be eliminating Brits and Australians and whatnot. I don't know. Uh, the uh two main characters of uh, Force Awakens are both strong Brits. I mean right. uh, but the right. Han's, but Han's not. So that's I think that's part of the problem that you're that, I mean I, mean, I make two Boyega does an American accent. That's what I meant. Sure. Like he switched I mean never mind. Go ahead. Can I give two nominations just kind of pop in my head? Yeah. Uh number one, Jai Courtney, number two, Cam Newton. Thoughts. <laughs> Jai just, Courtney. I mean, could they like alternate scenes? Maybe we could get like a Doctor Parnassus sort of thing. What about Cam Newton as Han and Jai Courtney as Chewie? This is perfect. I I mean Jai Courtney is the biggest name in Hollywood these days. I think so. Could they even well, get people him? People always people in the future will say, "I'm going to see the new Jai Courtney." <laughs> <laughs> what what it's going to happen when um, when Gods of Egypt is the biggest movie of all time? <laughs> <laughs> Rufus Sewell is going to be Han Solo, so keep an eye out for Rufus Sewell from oh, Gods man. of Egypt. That could be fun. It's going to be. He's an English, uh, an Englishman, but he's yeah. got some potential. How about Aaron Taylor Johnson, Kent? From, uh, he's English, to though. Kick ass. No, is he? Yeah. I think he is. I, I can yeah, do he was. What did okay. he very, very English. Yeah. Okay. My bad. We, well, I could go with that. He's I shacked like up him. with that he's, director. He's, but, I mean, if you're going there, you might as well get Channing Tatum or somebody i mean he's not that he's not as old as you think he is he's only 25 years old which is the same as some of the, as like scott eastwood and some of these other guys channing tatum's what let's see. he's channing tatum is 60 if i have yeah, to guess he's, he's older than me he's yeah he's 35 i think i could maybe talk myself into liam hemsworth if i had over some of these guys oh yes yeah. uh nicholas how what about efron be okay <sighs> that's interesting a, a wound for me i I thought I honestly thought about that. I just don't. He's 
He might have. He may have the charisma. But he doesn't have the chops. I mean, yeah, he's just I- not a good actor. That's that's the thing. Those I don't apps, know. Though. The guy that I think I might prefer over all these, as far as at least as far as who fits into the mold, would be Grant Will Gustin. Forte? Yeah, Will Forte, obviously. Grant Gustin's the guy who plays the Flash on the Flash TV show, and I think he could pull that off quite well. I heard Rami Malek was in the running. That would be interesting too. Yeah. But I guess he's not. He didn't make the short list. I, I think mean, that was a couple of months ago when I heard that he was yeah. screen testing for it. Or he's a little older as well. He's he's in that Gosling, Taylor Kitsch group. That's wonder like, who's going to play young Chewy. <laughs> we have any young up and comers? Porzingis, maybe. <laughs> Some young seven footers that are. I love it. I love I it. I think it's a nice transition for Dirk into retirement. Yeah. yeah. There we go. He's, he's, he's going to hold up enough to. Yeah. Do yeah. the stunts. What would Brian do if they announced that Dirk was playing just Chewbacca? Die. <laughs> just die. Would just die. Your world's colliding. Yeah. yeah, just explode. He'd introduce the action figures to each other in his, yeah. in his office. <laughs> I'm very tall for my age. Well, we'll see about that. My vote would go to Scott Eastwood out of that list. Yeah, I think so, too. If not, who knows? I mean, I, I'm cool with BTS. None of them. It's going to be some an undiscovered. I'll go with an, un, an unknown. Let's yeah. <laughs> vote for the unknown. Please, yeah. That B team Chris Pratt guy from Transformers, maybe, or Scott Eastwood, or just don't make the movie. <laughs> I'm also fine with option C. I don't. What, I, what if I, they I, just do it in Lego form and have Will Ferrell voice? Yeah, that's the voice. thing. Like we talked about a few weeks ago, or we we talked about. I was like, I just I just don't want this movie anymore. Like I don't yeah. I don't care about it anymore. And then then Brian, then Brian brought up the point of yeah, but it's Lord Miller. I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's probably gonna be good. You know. Yeah, but let's have them. I'd I'd rather see them do like Boba Fett or something with. I don't know. The Han story is complete and wonderful, and we meet him at just the right time. I don't really wonder like, ah, what were those smuggling days like? I I totally agree. I'm the. I mean, I do. I love. I spent a lot of time in my youth thinking about that sort of thing and not talking to girls, and so I'm. I I'm still excited about this project. I just really wish that we had some better prospects as far as who will actually be playing. It's just odd to me. Like it's not like star Trek where you can do the kind of alternate realities thing. Right. And we know what young Han Solo looks like. We met him in 1977. Mm-hmm. And so like, to me, it's weird to then like cast up miles Teller as 23 year old Han Solo because he looks nothing, you know what I mean. If Han Solo came into existence at fifty-five years old, it was old, like they did with Obi Wan, and they brought in new McGregor. Yeah, that's you fine. Obi Wan is old age, exactly. And then, right. Right. That goes along fine. But like Han Solo, we have Phil. You know, I don't know. It's just weird to me. I say just do another Obi Wan movie with Ewan McGregor and Gordon Miller. Let's do that. I'd rather okay. see that. I think I'm that is on one of the game. standalone films. I think that's the that's in the works. I think that's the third one. Is that going to be? Is it going to be McGregor? I don't think it's McGregor. I think it's just called. He should do it. That'd be cool. I want to see it between Revenge and A New Hope. You know, those events, the time period that's that the Rogue One is set in. Yeah, I guess. It's like creeping creeping on Luke's family and just like (laughs) like binoculars or something. Looks like he's still good. Back to the Mos Eisley Cantina. (laughs) Maybe Obi Wan is in is in uh, Rogue One. That could be interesting. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd be all right. It's he's the it's one talk, the one like, thing that survived from the prequels is is yeah. Ewan McGregor's Obi Wan. That's the one 
I guess, positive that you could take he away. Great. He was a great Obi-Wan. I think, uh, yeah, maybe just like uh, my dinner with Andre Bryan with just him and Walrus Man. Just <laughs> <laughs> They sit at the cantina for two hours, yeah. and Aaron Sorkin writes the script. It's perfect. The ca- but Louis Lettier directs, so the camera just spins around their table the entire time. It's perfect. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. We are joined by a guest to talk The Revenant, and his name is MJ. I like to call him MJ. Michael Judd is joining us. How are you? Doing well, guys. How are you? Doing very well. Uh, what's the, what, what was the news? What kind of news did I miss uh, earliest part of the segment? <laughs> Mostly we, just uh, some, you know how we normally do it. Mostly just dating rumors. Just uh, uh, 30 minutes of dating. Yeah. We just, Not about I dating just, rumors. Exactly. I just put my microphone up to TMZ on the TV for 30 minutes, and that's that was it. We so do a TMZ time. over the TMZ, so it's, right. a, it's a weird yeah. kind of... It's very meta. Very, oh, very meta. No, that's, that, that sounds great. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. So, Michael, tell us about yourself. We want to know everything. Everything. So I played number 23 for the Bulls back now. <laughs> Actually, the Wizards, the Wizards. No, yeah. So I'm fr- originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, currently 23 years old. I just graduated uh, University of Notre Dame back in May. From a, from a movie standpoint, you know, movies were, they're always part of my household, but I wouldn't call us really a movie household, a little more of like a social activity than an actual kind of like following or anything. But uh, sure. got to college and, uh, you know, as most college kids do, had a little more free time, started kind of, you know, exploring some directors, some actors, some general genres and started really getting into movies a little more, a uh, little about like a, a year and a half ago. We're going to put you through the ringer here and ask you the normal set of questions. Mm-hmm. The first of those being, have you seen Now You See Me? Well, Ken, that's funny because I actually have an enormous <laughs> phobia of cups. Oh. oh. So the moment I heard that uh, cups were quite prevalent in the film, I immediately <laughs> headed for the hills. Yeah, don't see Spectacular Now then. Yes. <laughs> gosh. Can't imagine you'd make it through that. Oh, gosh. We're um, going to give you a chance now here, though, to to rant on on Now You See Me, or any other movie that you hate, that you just haven't had a, a window to do so? Well, no, that's actually the funny thing, is that obviously I've been listening to you guys for, you know, about a year or so, and you guys constantly bring it up, and it's one of those things where I always, you know, sit down to watch a movie, and I, it's always in the back of my mind, like, should I put on Now You See Me? I feel like I'm missing out on <laughs> so should much. Should I put on Now You See Me? 
which is so bad that, you know, that's kind of in the back of my mind with every movie now, and it's ruining in a lot of great movies. But so I have not gotten to see it yet, but uh, I, I don't know. So maybe I'll just wait to the sequel. Well, thank you for your donation, and get off our airwaves. Right <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. We anticipate your thoughts eventually then on that. No, they, they will be communicated. But you don't, have to, you don't have to put yourself through that, though, if you don't want to. That's an act of public service I like to give. <laughs> you don't have to do this. People. No, you, you guys are the brave soldiers on the front line. Yes, I, uh, we took one most, for the team. I was going to say, with, with most of the critically panned things, I'll normally avoid the theaters and just come right to your guys' podcast because that's generally where I find the real entertainment value. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Well, we, we're glad we can offer that then. So this is, um, this is an anticipated one for us. Uh, were you, mm-hmm. how, how much were you anticipating? Obviously, you're anticipating it if you decided to come on this episode. Um, tell, tell us about your um, – I guess, hope for, for this movie. Yeah, absolutely. So it actually goes back a couple of years. So at Notre Dame, I, uh, was, uh, I, I, I studied finance and history. And my sophomore year, I actually took this pretty cool class uh, called History Beyond the Classroom. Shout out to uh, Professor Dan Graff if you're listening. But um, it was a pretty cool class. Hey, he's not. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so it was like five to six times a semester you would go and attend a little one-off lecture, write a two-page response to it, and then you'd end up getting to meet the professor for lunch with a group of three to four other students and sort of talk about it. And one of the lectures that I actually attended was on Hugh Glass and the entire survivalist story and that kind of whole piece of thing. So I was aware of this story a couple of years ago, and then when, uh, you know, just like the, the history of it, and then when I found out that they were making a movie about it and I kind of saw who was getting involved – and generally as hype sort of anticipate, uh, I obviously got pretty excited. And so once I, once I heard that you guys were, you know, launching this kind of guest podcasting, uh, little stint, I, uh, that was the, that was the movie that immediately drew my attention. Awesome. Well, we're excited to talk about this and we're going to start things off with general thoughts. Um, of course, no spoilers, uh, right off the top. Um, so I guess we will start with, um, myself, um, I was freaking blown away by this movie. I loved Birdman last year, of course, but this was this was on a complete another level than than Birdman, in my opinion. Uh, from you know even difficulty standpoint, this is just completely completely blows my mind. Um, is is Inuri two just gonna reinvent filmmaking every year from now on? Because I <laughs> I'm okay with that. I think you just come along and. And just uh, drop genius on us, but uh, I, I love this movie. Um, of course, people are going to say the story is not as interesting as Birdman, or the dialogue certainly isn't as well. But man, I was riveted the entire time. This speaks more to his uh, love for nature and, and love for history, and and um, and I guess the trials and tribulations we've all gone through uh, throughout history than it does um, him trying to uh, get you know, show off a, a performance or a screenplay or anything like that. So I was, I'm excited to talk specifics, but that's just general, general thoughts. I'm really, really high on it. Um, Brian. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not high on it. Um, I, you know what? I think there's a, about an hour and a half cut of this movie that I would really enjoy and really like, and, and would come out very high on. I can't overstate how great the visuals are. I love the use of natural lighting and and the it's not a bit, you know, that's not a gimmick or anything. I think it's very it fits this film quite well and uh that's done for for the right reasons and whatnot. You know, I enjoyed 
a good chunk of it. And I thought DiCaprio was was solid, Hardy and and Gleason as well. Um, but gosh, like all the the metaphysical stuff or the 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 uh, the spiritual stuff and all it, I was I was so bored by all of it and um, and totally checked out. After bored's not even the right word. After about the third time that we get a break for his dead wife to talk to him, I just I just felt like gosh, I've seen this. We've seen this. It's it's been done. I don't need the redundancy of it over and over and over again. I I felt like this movie took forever and I I hate that feeling because I, you know, I would have seen a 12-hour cut of Star Wars. I saw the extended edition of of the Hateful Eight, and I would have gladly sat through another two hours of it, no problem. But this this two hours and thirty eight minutes felt like eight days to me. I just could not wait for it to finally be done. And it, man, by the time we actually get down, no spoilers, but by the time we we actually got to the point of of uh, Glass's character, you know, trying to to finish his mission or whatever i just didn't care anymore and i wanted i wanted out so um <laughs> i wish that because visually i understand Screw why, you just die yes, i'm out of here <laughs> i understand why can't why you like this so much and i understand why other people do as well to to an extent but there's so much of it that just feels like a terrence malick ripoff and i could not i just could not have cared less about that portion of the film MJ. Hey, uh, yeah, so I guess kind of just general impressions. I probably, I guess, kind of split the ground between you two where, mm. um, like, I, I walked in generally knowing what to expect, you know, in terms of, like, visually and aesthetically. But coming out, I just thought that, you know, I don't know if I've ever, and like I said, I'm relatively nascent in kind of my film, you know, like discovering film more seriously. But I don't know if I've seen a, a movie that I was impressed with, especially knowing the whole backstory and the natural lighting and just like the involved shooting process. I thought that was uh, just really kind of blew me out of my seat. Um, that being said, kind of to Brian's point, uh, narratively, there were a couple things where once I kind of got over the initial Shaw and Ock, I started thinking back on the movie and kind of just the general pacing and plot of it all. And I sort of having a couple of days to digest the film, I'd say my opinions changed just a little bit. But um, still, ex- extremely high, and happy to talk about uh, some of those uh, things I particularly liked a little later on. Richard, yeah. So this is a movie. This is interesting. The, there's a lot to like about this movie. Um, the performances are outstanding. The production is is superb. As as aforementioned, the the restrictions placed upon themselves, the the limits that they pass through and, and push through. Uh, are, are mesmerizing. Some of the the effects are are fantastic, and uh, and the literal narrative story of this is very good, and uh, it's well worth making a movie on. And it's 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 fascinating. Um, and, and and speaking as someone who who has a great interest in sort of the philosophical and mystical, and and has a I love uh, magical realism in literature. I love it in film a lot. I liked Birdman quite a bit. Uh, I thought where this movie failed was introducing a lot of that, and I think. I just don't really, I you know, it's just a, in, in your retu in your retourizing this for for, yes. for where the narrative didn't really call for it. Whereas something like Birdman did. I mean, it's an original screenplay, so right. I mean, but this is something that uh, you know has some historical truth to it, and just seems so. Um, the motive is there. The the story is there. We don't need this sort of. I don't need this, you to show me how smart you are and how. Right 
deep you are. And also the, the kind of philosophy behind it, it's really kind of silly and, and like undergradish. And, and I think, uh, I think the movie suffers from that. It's, it's, Leo should win best actor. He's, he's magnificent. And Tom Hardy should be getting more praise for, for his part in it. Um, but, but the, 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 you know, talking about the golden globes earlier, this is a best picture winner in a, in a year like this, that right. that's tough for me to get behind. And so it's, it's odd that this is, uh, I don't know that this is uh, capturing so much. It, you know, it, it's, it's a movie, you know, Babbles another movie that that he did you know ten years ago and it has some great performances but then it's a cool story but then it gets into this weird space and and stops making sense and in the movie suffers because of that to me this is very similar to it's better than Babel um, thank God but it's uh, it's it's still an odd choice and um, yeah I, I think he should his he works best in a completely constructed universe so that he can construct that universe because he is very creative. When he's working within the realms of of our universe, like this movie, mm-hmm. um, in, 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 in introducing hallucinations or things like that into it is is to me uh, it, uh, there was parts of it that were I thought kind of silly. So it's it's a weird movie. It's it's a thought provoking movie, uh, but some of it's thought provoking in how weird and silly it is. And, and Brian, your 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 Terrence Malick note it is. It does feel like um, like a dumb Terrence Malick made the philosophical yeah. scenes. Yeah. And uh, or stu- or or a, a graduate student that is yes. really into Malik right now. That's exactly that. That's exactly what I felt. I was just like, yeah. I feel like a gra- a a film student watched Tree of Life and then got high and went and made half of <laughs> yeah. this. Movie. I, I I see your point, but I feel like any movie that has any art to it automatically is like this is a Terrence Malick ripoff, and that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's no, such I a agree with that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's like, fair. I agree. That's, yeah, that, that makes... might be lazy criticism on, on on our part, but this just had so many notes of that um, yes. in it. Uh, it's more, that... yeah, it, it felt more like Terrence Malick movies do. It feels more like a an observation than it does in telling a story. Does that make sense? I don't know. As far as the. It, I think you're referring to more of the nature aspect of this and like the shots of the water and the yes, trees yeah. and the mountains and, and and they're beautiful. They look great and it's mm-hmm. fine at some point but at some point I just I, I I you get to I did at least. I got to a point where I don't want to see any more of that. I just want you to freaking get me get me Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> and get Tom Hardy and let's just do this because I'm so tired of seeing the freaking tree branches sort of waving and Seeing his white getting the gladiator treatment fifteen times, I just like good grief, just get on with it. And I, I don't feel like I'm typically that guy. I don't feel like I'm hasty movie watcher guy. Like take all the time you want, Peter Jackson, to make seventeen Lord of the Rings movies that are a thousand hours long. Like I'm fine with that. I just this one, to me, it's it lost me with the the artsy, um, almost self no not almost definitely self indulgent type of of filmmaking to put itself in this category of best picture winners if it might have they might have felt like they had to have that element of this you know this story of the family and the whole yeah i don't know you know like but do it it, once it it once hit that note and then go as as for for two reasons to be a piece of art and to be a vis like a completely visceral experience of movie going like experiencing yeah. the wilderness with this with Hugh Glass and 
you might be right. They do. They probably do call back to that too many times. But I think, like I said, that's a sacrifice you have to make for the general public, if not for the performances. So you have to kind of take a breath and let these people talk a little bit, I would think, at some point. I, I got more bored with, with Hardy than I did with DiCaprio's story of his family than with Hardy just mumbling and bumbling his yeah. lines. I mean, I, I just – that's it's almost Bane level what Hardy's doing now again. It's just – I mean, he's going total method with it, and I love that and appreciate that. But I mean, there it's just I want to hear the dialogue, and mm-hmm. some of it deserves subtitles, like <laughs> DiCaprio's uh, in, Indian um, Indian subtitles. But so, what do we think of um, what do we think overall of the performances here? Besides besides Leo, his obviously sticks out. Um, it's probably the only one of note that I would make. Domhnall um solid as usual but nothing nothing yeah. out of the ordinary from him but there's not not much else to work with i guess not many other people in the movie i actually really did like dom hall and you know i've mm-hmm. uh, i think obviously you guys have commented on it before but 2015 i think it's been a really good exposure for just his range you know from playing yeah. kind of like a soft-spoken kind of quieter nerd in ex machina to like a kind of neo-fascist general and now to this kind of sympathetic but you know still like leader of this expedition you know out west it's like i'm i'm pretty and you know i watched him in a black mirror a couple months ago as well and just kind of seeing that range for someone who when you look at him i thought might be more of like kind of stock you know stock actor character actor i i thought i was i at least was impressed by dom to your point earlier brian about the there's probably you said an hour and a half of good stuff here um i mean some of the scenes in here i mean the opening scene is just un- un- unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, the, Saving Private Ryan level. I mean, it's it's one Real. of the best scenes in the history of, of filmmaking. I'm not even kidding. When they get ambushed by the um, by the uh, Native Americans, mm-hmm. and I mean, it, you just yeah. feel you know inevitable death. Really, it, to the opposite extent of Saving Private Ryan, where like you're going into the battle. It's like the battle is surrounding you. You know, in this type of scenario, it was. Sure. It's chilling, and I mean. The, the the way they trade off, the camera just trades off. I mean, it'll follow one guy, and then that guy will get hit by an arrow, and then the person who shot that arrow will come over and pull the arrow away, and then we'll follow that person, and then that person will get shot, and then we'll, you know, the way the camera, basically it's it's one take, but the way it's trading off who it follows throughout the uh, sequence is, is great. And I think there's only two cuts through that. I counted two cuts through that entire mm-hmm. sequence. And, I mean, it's just the choreography and, and everything involved is, is mind blowing. And that, that scene alone makes this movie worth seeing and worth a nomination of best picture, I think. And, and from then on, it's just, there's the bear attack. We haven't even mentioned is holy crap. And, um, what happens from then on? I mean, the, the effects, the, um, the, the wounds that are, you know, just getting infected and gushing and throughout the movie. And I mean, I've never seen a makeup work like this before. Practical makeup work like yeah. this. Um, I just, I can, I can go on and on just complimenting, but I want somebody to step in and, and rip <laughs> me apart or throw no, a negative I, at me. You, or you're not wrong on any of this stuff. It's just, I, I think we're it totally deserves a nomination. I'm with Richard in that. I'm gonna have a hard time saying. I'm gonna have a hard time accepting that this is the best movie of the year in 2015 which is one of the better years for film like i just feel like if you want to say that it's one of the 10 totally fine if 
you want to say it's the best one? Like that starts to become an issue. Like I, I just don't, it's so indulgent to be put on that same, on that level to be put above movies like spotlight. And I just, I don't know. It's that's, it's a tough pill. There's a lot in this. That's just kind of tough to, it's a, it's a it's similar comparison to gravity. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Here is this incredible look. Holy crap. What we did type of movie. And, you know, it didn't ultimately won't hold up at the end due to this. It's not the best story that that was told. And I think Spotlight will end up winning or The Martian in that aspect. But, you know, I think it falls short in as far as the best movie of the year, but might be might be my number one most favorite. This and The Hateful Eight are, are up there for me. But I, I, I mean, as somebody who majored in, in you know, like like I've said, in filmmaking yeah. and who literally, you know, I, I shoot stuff for a living as far as camera work and all that. I mean, yeah, Lubeski, I'm, I'm more almost more impressed with yes, than, I agree. than I, um, Inuritu. I totally I mean, agree. This I think guy, that's the best part of the movie is is the, the cinematography and the, the shot selection and just, all that stuff. I mean, it's, 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 it's said, technically brilliant on that. I that mean, like, like we talked about the 70 millimeter, it's said almost as a gimmick, like, oh, shot off natural light. But it was shot with freaking natural. Like, they didn't use one studio light with this it's all sun and i mean that means they maybe had an hour a day to shoot Mm -hmm. because it was all shot chronologically like they shot this as the first scene in the movie was the first thing they shot kind of like you know as it went on and um man what a what a undertaking and (laughs) i I, i'm almost more impressed that some of the actors i mean i'm not surprised that, that leo but some of the actors would commit to this like doing this wilderness thing is i mean it looked like they were in these conditions real but i mean I thought you might, guys might agree with this, uh, Brian Richard, as far as I think DiCaprio is the kind of to the extreme version of Tom Cruise. Like he'll do anything, but only in like movies that are serious. Like yes. Tom Cruise no, will totally do anything, do. but yeah. only in movies that are right. blockbusters. You know what I'm saying? Like Tom Cruise just wants you to think he's a really cool guy. Like yeah. Tom Cruise care. wants you to love him. So just bad. wants you to think he's cool. <laughs> yeah. He's coolest guy. Uh, yeah. DiCaprio wants you to think he's the best actor of all time. Yes. So. He'll do whatever he. Yes, he, and is I, I kind of in some ways this is awful. This is an awful thing in in a lot of. But I kind of hope we keep shutting him out for the Oscar so that he just keeps saying, "Well, what do I got to do next?" Uh, like, see, I don't I freaking got mauled to death by a bear. Jeez, you know. And I I just hope he wins and gets it over with on that same point though, Brian, because like, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, great, but it's a very indulgent performance. This is great, but a very indulgent trying to win an Oscar performance. And I think once he gets that under his belt, I will. I would love to see him just organically pick and crush roles out of the park. I think yes, but devil's advocate to that is Johnny Depp, because as soon as Johnny Depp got some real acclaim, then we got ten years of. I'll just do whatever Tim Burton's doing and put white face paint on. You know, and it's just like good grief. I, yeah, I, I guess the, it's the juxtaposition of. Yes, you're totally right. Like he, he he's choosing the hardest, most extreme roles that he can that he can get. And maybe you'd like to see him just do like more Inceptions or Shutter Island or things like that every once in a while. But I also like the drive that it seems to to give him. And whereas I feel like you can get lazy if you start getting too much of that. It, I do want to talk about DiCaprio though, because I look. I think he's very good in this. He's the best, the best part of the movie beyond the uh, the cinematography and the shots and all that. But I don't know that I would. I I wouldn't say that this is 
anywhere close to his best role or his best performance from the last. I think it's his most uh, physically uh, challenging role, but I wouldn't say that this is better than Wolf of Wall Street or Django. I just, yeah, I just, I just think Blood the commitment Diamond. it took to even do this movie is just gives him so many points. And so yeah, he's for as far as the, he's going to win. He's going to win Best Actor this time. I don't. I really don't. I mean, I feel like that's that's easy money to bet that. Danish girl, Danish girl, Brian. Oh, it's not, I'm telling you, it's not holding. It's what we the said way. last year. It's what we said last I, year. Last year it was built. Theory of Everything was building at this time of the year. It, it, the Danish girl got totally thrown out as massive uh, exploitation on some level, like just trying so hard to Tom Hooper it. So. I just think he's had it's this like will his, feel like his a departed. career win. Ironically. Yes, it will feel like a career yeah. win, not a uh necess- not that he's not deserving. I just think he's had five or six or eight better performances over the last ten plus. J. Edgar years. Shutter Island growing pain. Yes, no, exactly. You. you got you guys hit it and you know so many other commentators, you know, they've been waiting to review this performance, so they've kinda used up every word they could. But no, I I was extremely impressed with Leo. I thought uh, you know, Kind of struggling there on the ground was pretty reminiscent of the Quaalude scene back from. Uh, <laughs> it's exactly what I was. I think thinking. that's why they cast. I'm, I'm not kidding. That's exactly the the scene where they bury him alive like halfway, and he I, kind of wakes up and <laughs> he's pulling himself out of that like half grave. Exactly. No, I think uh, that's what uh, Alejandro must have been watching when he uh, found the guy. <laughs> right. But uh, no, I mean, like you guys said, Leo is you know 150 percent in on this role and. You know, my thing is, you know, I've never done any kind of professional or amateur acting, but I know just, you know, the amount of emotion and conviction he was able to display just through the wheezing and the gas and, the, you know, fogging the camera lens. I It was one of those things where I kind of, there were points in the, points while watching it where I kind of like took it for granted this was happening. And then I started thinking about, you know, imagining myself as Leo and having this guy be like, all right, well, imagine all these things running through your head and try to convey that through like a closed mouth and just with your eyes and stuff mm-hmm. that like you know, body rattling and whatnot. And so uh, when I kind of put it in that perspective, no. And uh, like you guys said, if my, my, my worry is if Leo doesn't win, I, and I don't know exactly what he's slated to do uh, in the future, but it's kind of, you know, where does he go from here if he can't win with the Revenant, like a role that's, you know, <laughs> right. kind of obviously built for this. It's like, does he just become, you know, like, I, I just don't know where he goes. He's got to play Stephen Hawking, bro. That's it. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm I'm 100% with you. And it's going to be crazy if he if somebody like Fossbender wins this year because yeah. the fact that um Leo said no to Steve Jobs the movie oh. because he was doing The Revenant. So if he loses <laughs> to Fassbender on that role, like that would be the ultimate. I was like I yeah. spent that gi- 4 that months in the incredible. I spent 4 months in the wilderness yeah. and said no to the role that ended up beating me. Um yeah. that would yeah. be the not something you would want want right. to happen, but uh, that's like, like sitting in the wilderness for three hours and then having your kicker <laughs> miss a field goal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, that is that's going to be interesting uh, to see what happens there. I think he's the favorite. W- would yes. you guys agree with uh, with the Certainly sentiment the that he is the favorite at this point? heavy favorite? He's yeah. the Golden State Warriors of 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 uh, of acting right now. <laughs> really, we don't see any anyone else coming. Into no. the no. into the I fold. Think, I think this is the year where you get the career Oscar. So because it's just been such a story, and he's—I mean, it's great. Yeah. It's not again. It's not that he doesn't deserve it by any. Yeah, it's not J. Edgar. 
Right. Exactly. That would be one where you're like, really? That's the one we want it for, you know? But having... Leo's uh, Leo's next project is with Scorsese. And I've he's called Devil it. in the White City. Yeah. And he's playing oh, a yeah. serial killer, H.H. H. Holmes. Yeah, I actually just finished that like two weeks ago. Sweet. So yeah, I, no, I, I, I think he'll do a great job. There's some really rich source material. Uh, I don't know. Do we know if any other actors have signed on for that? Because there's a couple of really interesting uh, side and kind of secondary characters. Just the I'll, cop I'll and Miles Teller. That's it. <laughs> <So far. laughs> just the cop and Miles Teller. Well, there could be a spot for him there. Um, no, that, that all I that, see is DiCaprio at this point attached. So, okay, no, that's because that, Miles Teller is playing all the other parts, Kent. It's just Leo, and then okay. Miles Teller is playing like thirteen different parts. So, just he's the devil and the White City. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so just remember that. I trust Scorsese with that one. Then I guess <laughs> we'll see. Uh, so, plot-wise, I guess we should hit spoilers here. Spoilers. I've already spoiled a lot, but spoiler, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Um, I thought the buildup was was good here, um, Brian. As far as the other stuff that wasn't the nature or the the big action sequences or um, the big set pieces, it felt to me just it was just like father son. Um, my son is gonna. My son and my family are gonna get me through this, if anything. And so you know, in those times of most desperation, he would just call back to. His family and a very similar Star Wars, like you know, Luke on in Hoth freezing to death, and Ben kind of comes to him, and and that's what gets it, you know. And that's what I I saw it like, and it didn't distract me too much from the story. I didn't feel like it was backtracking as much as it was helping him get through the uh, yeah the tough times. I was fine with it. Like I said, I was fine with it the first time. It's just yeah, we've established it. He didn't maybe one other time, you know, like when he's most on the brink of death. We get one more, here's my dead wife calling me to, but we didn't. I mean, were there 10? Were there double-digit times in which he talked to his dead or saw his dead? I don't think so. It felt like 10, at least. You know, it's just, we get it. We get it. We don't need, it just, I don't know. It was just Gladiator. We're just, it's just the same thing that Gladiator did, except Gladiator did it twice. So that's, that's all we need. I don't, I don't know. There just was so much time being spent when I, all I want is just for, like, I don't need those distractions. Just this whole castaway thing of him being stranded in the wilderness trying to survive and stuff, that's interesting. It wasn't, I wasn't not interested in that at all. I just, I don't need all this excess stuff. And it just, I don't know, it got very, very indulgent and, and film schooly to me. So the most, I guess... The craziest scene is, of course, when he hollows out the horse and gets inside it. Um, right. Wow. Oh Unbe- yeah. un- unreal yeah, uh, that was, scene. That was something. He didn't even have a lightsaber either. He had to really I work. They don't know what they did there. It must have been not a horse, but some kind of animal that they had to gut. And, I mean, oh, my oh my goodness. Yeah. Like nothing I've ever seen in my life on film. <laughs> I mean, it's just. It wasn't pleasant. It's, it wasn't pleasant. It's. I mean, wow! I'm <laughs> You know, it's it's it, what it what did what did you think of that? Uh, did you make it that far, Richard? At all? Did you walk out? You... No, I, I made it through the whole film. I I watch Oscar movies. I'll I'll stick around for the whole thing. Um, so uh, Green Lantern. Jeez. Oh, you're right. That was the one. But that was just because I had places to go at one thirty in the morning. Um, everything practical in this is is 
the best I've ever seen any of that. Hit. So the, right. to that, it's that, that's why I'm fine with it being a top five to ten movie of the year because production wise, it's it's awesome, and it's the same criticism that a lot of people had about Birdman last year. I didn't happen to share it, but this year I do. And so sure. uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm willing to, to to admit that I I see their point on Birdman now because uh, it's it's frustrating, but it's anything production on this is 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 perfect for me. I think this and The Martian are the favorites at this point on this day. And we get the official nominations out this Thursday uh, for the Oscars. But man, now, because the Oscar doesn't tend to reward comedy, and so The Martian, I think The Martian think. will be a, a nominee. <laughs> For sure, I think it's, yeah. it's gonna be. I mean, like I said, that was just an excuse to give it an, the best picture oh, award. Like they yeah, wanted both of those, the Revenant and the Martian, to win, and so like yeah. they did. They made them win, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. But I mean, I think those are the top two favorites. Oh, I, I agree. But that is regardless of the Globe, that's Globe, spotlight Globe. still because it's gonna get nominated for an Oscar. Do we have any MJ? Any other thoughts on the Revenant? Anything you want to bring up that we haven't hit on? I know we've hit on a lot. Any dislikes, big time? Any big likes? Any scenes we didn't mention? Um, yeah, no. I actually, I was kind of just uh, looking back at uh, that hot scene. That was, or the hot scene. Jeez, what? I <laughs> said <laughs> uh, that's what is my mind. Uh, the Tonton scene. Kind yeah. of, kind of. You guys, you know, described it better than I did. Kind of the idea of you know, like the the grad level Terrence Malick. That was kind of the scene for me where. It was like, you know, he takes off all his clothes and then, you know, kind of comes out of the out of the horse, you know, without any clothes on, kind of like a rebirth into nature. That was kind of like almost a little eye rolly for me. I don't know. It seemed, I don't know if that was a way for you guys at all. But uh, I just remember kind of like looking at that and I, was, I just kept thinking to myself, like, why didn't he just keep his clothes on or, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it would probably be a little warmer. I would like to hear your thoughts on it, too. But that small little scene when he's uh kind of buddied up with that other kind of solo Indian man and they're sitting on the ground yeah. there mm-hmm. with their tongues out, kind of trying to catch the snowflakes. And I thought that that was the kind of scene that the film was maybe missing a little more of, like kind of like a break from just the, you know, just kind of like head bashing, you know, just grittiness and bleakness of the entire situation. It was kind of nice to have mm-hmm. a moment and just kind of watch the characters enjoy this amazing scenery that like we're all enjoying and kind of, in tandem as opposed to being so at odds with uh with the scene with like you know with nature and the environment and whatnot so that was just a scene that i liked that i thought maybe they could have like interspersed one or two more like that i can't argue with that there's a lot of good moments that um maybe they could have spread out more um made this more of a consistent effort uh, all around for most people i i totally understand that yeah um i like the setup at the end where he hides and kind of kills Hardy. Uh, I thought that was a clever sequence or mm-hmm. turn of yeah. events. I didn't see that coming and thought it was well executed. And um, that's really it. And him hu- hunting uh, for Hardy at the end in the snowy forest reminded me of Kylo Ren hunting for Raid in The Force Awakens. Yeah. And I wanted, he, he was kind, of wearing, goes a, back to Star Wars kind of kind of wearing a similar <laughs> type robe as Kylo Ren and it was shot in <laughs> similar lighting. So that's why yeah. I made the comparison, Richard. Right. Very similar sequence. All right. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. 
Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Matt. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Matt. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Matt. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Let's hit grades. Um, I'm going to go solid A uh, on this one. Uh, MJ. Uh, I'm going to go with an A-. minus. Okay. Brian and Richard. I'm going to go B+, plus, a really high B+. Plus. I'm, gonna, I'm echoing Brian, actually, on that. High B+, plus for me as well. Okay. We will uh, discuss this one later this year, then. Absolutely. Right. Great. So let's hit a recommend. Weekly recommends. Uh, I will mention a book, uh, Devil in the White City. It's, um, we kind of, we mentioned it earlier in this podcast. It's by Eric Larson, made, written in 2003. But uh, it's still, it tells a kind of dual story uh, surrounding around the World Fair in 1893, set in Chicago. And it's kind of the dual story of H.H. Holmes, who was a uh, prolific serial killer going around at that time. But it also tells a story around the fair's construction and a lot of the difficulties they had uh, kind of with some of the buildings and permits and the time schedule. And it's a, it's a great read, extremely well-written. And uh, as we mentioned earlier on the podcast, uh, I don't know when it's slated to be released, but um, currently Martin Scorsese has the rights and uh, Leo DiCaprio is set to star. So uh, before the movie comes out, I'd say uh, check out the book and you certainly won't regret it. Sweet. I will have to check this out before this comes out. I'm, I'm interested in, uh, in another Leo performance for sure especially when it comes to uh being matched with scorsese i'll take your advice on that so brian go ahead yeah i'm gonna recommend another podcast which i don't do too often uh you know because we're in a war with every other podcast but uh are because i as richard mentioned i like to work in star wars into every episode as much as i can uh there's a, a hollywood reporter their podcast which is called award chatter had an interview with jj abrams uh, earlier, late last week, and it's really good. And it's just kind of 45 minutes of JJ talking about Star Wars and the path that he took to get there and and answering to a couple of criticisms of the film and where it's going from here and all that. And it was, was his it was, was his response, look, you can't please everybody. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but, but, but he, it's the easiest response ever. He, had it, he did it in such an eloquent way of uh, – of talking he had very good reasons for you know the main criticism of of force awakens is that it's too similar to the previous films uh which i don't personally find that to be a problem but i know that was the main thing that people pointed out and he had some very insightful things to say about why exactly why they went that direction and what the point was and all that sort of stuff so i i wholly recommend it just it's 45 minutes of jj abrams talking about star wars and it's really good just search award chatter on uh, on your podcast app whatever you use for said podcasting and uh, i think it's definitely worth your time okay uh richard yeah uh have i recommended the rap your book yet on here i don't know i don't think I don't you think have yeah. Hey, check out uh, Shea Serrano's The Rap Yearbook if you like hip-hop music or just music in general. Uh, it's a really funny, uh, cool pop culture book. Easy uh, easy kind of browse through. 
uh, pick apart read or just sit down and read it all the way through like I am is, is also just as enjoyable. Um, it's a really, really fun uh, original r- read in the way it's presented and everything. And uh, uh, reminds me of those old Daily Show books and the uh, Colbert books, the things that he kind of does graphically uh, with all and all that. So I, I highly recommend it. The, uh, the Rapier book. Chase it's great. Wall. It's great. great. I'm going to recommend a podcast as well. Brian, um, wow, we're really giving some love to our fierce yeah. competitors. <laughs> Mark Marin had Lauren Michaels on a couple of weeks oh, ago, yeah. and he did two hours with Lauren Michaels. Yeah, you know, and it's uh, it's great. Um, he, yeah, he he does one hour, and then Lauren had to go to dinner with uh, I think it was Amy Schumer who was yeah. the host that week, <laughs> and um, so he came back the next day and did another hour. So it's just it's 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 great. It's it's in Lauren's office, so he's real laid back and comfortable and. Um, any SNL fan, I suggest uh, listening to that. It's great. Free WTF with Mark Marin, uh, Lauren Michaels. Check that out. That's my recommend. Awesome. MJ, where can we find you online? Uh, I'm actually currently pulling a Ron Swanson off the grid and uh, recently got rid of my Twitter. But uh... Well, maybe you'll, they'll find you again on the show someday. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, I'd right. love to. Uh, Brian. You can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barden or richardbarden.com. Kent, where can I find you? you can find me on Twitter at Kent Carrison. Find our show on iTunes as well as on our website, madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Find every episode we've ever released on the website. And if you like what you hear, donate the amount of your choosing and uh, help keep the show going for years and years to come. And until next time... I want to thank uh, our guest, MJ, Michael Judd, for being on the show. Thank you. Round of applause. You've Yay! Been great. Yeah, great job, man. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thanks so much. We'll have you on again. But until then, uh, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, Bye. I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya. The salads and scrambled eggs.